Hey, 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 what is good, guys? And uh, I hope you're ready, because we are playing in the NFC Championship game tomorrow. Or maybe you're listening to it, and it's today. Either way, um, apologize for getting this out so late, but better late than never. Anyways, Rams preview. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening. That's why you're one of 15 people who actually downloads this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what can we expect? So first off, um, again, I just really hope that you've been enjoying the fact that we still get a chance to watch our team play football this late in the season. Uh, who would have thought that after starting two and four, three and five, you know, after that four game losing streak that we would turn this season around and we would be here at the NFC championship game, four quarters away from a Super Bowl. So I just really hope that you've had a chance to just really enjoy the craziness that is this season and you know, being a fan of a team that still has football to play this late in January, you know, like it's, it's just awesome. So I, I really hope that you've appreciated it because uh, it's been fun and who knows win or lose tomorrow. I think that this has been a successful season. Obviously the ultimate goal is winning that Super Bowl. Obviously, but what this team has done as far as the way that they started, all the drama, all the noise, all the craziness, how frustrating things were at the beginning, the fact that we're here, it, it feels like it's been a success. And I know that there's a lot of different ways that people view success as a season. Uh, I'm sure some people out there say, Hey, unless you win the Super Bowl, it wasn't a sex, a successful season. Uh, other people I think would have a little more of a nuanced view in terms of, Hey, did your team improve over the course of the year? Um, did you underperform or overperform your expectations? There's a lot of different ways to think about a successful season, but I think that any, any season that you make, the conference championship, I think that's a good season because that means that you're one game away from the Super Bowl and you know, you've, you've got a good team. You had a good season. Here we are. And like I mentioned last time, you know, this is, this is Jimmy's last ride with the team. Uh, a whole lot of the players who came in in 2017, 2018, 2019, who were at that Super Bowl two years ago, a lot of them, this is, you know, they're a lot of them are on one year deals and they're here with the team. And this is kind of their law last hoorah, you know, like Kawan Williams, Jaquiski Tart. Um, a whole lot of these guys are, you know, this is this is kind of like their last opportunity, realistically, to compete for a Super Bowl. So it's a, it's a cool thing. You know, it's just. Anyways, enough about that. I just, I really hope that you have been enjoying what we've had a chance to experience in uh, the last month or so and just this season as a whole. And I know that some people are like, hey, you know, I really wish we had Trey this whole time. I totally get it. I can't wait to see Trey next year. Um, 
But hey, you know what? I know Trey didn't get all the experience hands-on this year, but he did get two games. He had he had two starts. He showed visible improvement from start one to start two. And I think that he's learned... I'm pretty sure that he's learned a lot. And he's also just learned a lot in terms of watching what this team has done in terms of uh, from like a emotional resiliency mindset, leadership, uh, camaraderie, and just learning how to be a professional in a successful environment. So I really hope that Trey has soaked up as much as he can because he's going to be the guy next year. I'm 100% convinced that Jimmy won't be back here. It's pretty much been confirmed by everybody that this is Jimmy's last uh, last ride. But hey, you know what? It's... <laughs> It's crazy to think that if this is Jimmy Garoppolo in his two healthy seasons as a starter is going to make an NFC championship game both seasons. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is, he is such an enigma. Like he, him as a player, it just doesn't make sense. It's like all the physical, tangible uh, talent and traits that you would want from a quarterback in terms of uh, like arm strength, mobility, uh, decision making, all those kind of things. He's basically an average quarterback. But for some reason, in terms of uh, just like mental fortitude and teamwork and professionalism, he is elite. And, uh, it's, I think I mentioned this last time in that Jimmy is not an elite quarterback. I think that if you basically look at pretty much any trait statistic, any way that you want to cut it up, Jimmy is an average quarterback, but at the same time, Jimmy is an elite teammate and he's an elite competitor. And that's why Everybody loves him, and this whole time, all that we've ever heard from the team and the coaching staff is just huge support, and everybody has faith that somehow they're going to win, and somehow, despite the fact that Jimmy's average in pretty much, again, every measurable trait and every measurable statistic, somehow, despite the fact that Jimmy is average as an NFL quarterback, you know, figure somewhere in that like 15 to 20 range. And maybe he's closer to 10 on a really good day. And on other days, he's closer to 25 on a bad day. All that being said, he just, all he does is win two healthy seasons, two NFC championships, a Super Bowl appearance. He might have a chance to get a second Super Bowl appearance and he can rally the troops like nobody else. So, you know, regardless of what happens tomorrow, regardless of how this season ends, uh, regardless how Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure ends at the end of this season, I think that looking back, you know, at, at in the future, maybe not the immediate future, but I think that overall, as a fan base, the Jimmy Garoppolo era will be looked at with a fondness. 
And we'll remember how the guy was just, you know, his play was, it was consistently inconsistent. He was sometimes erratic. He would be extremely good one drive, extremely bad for the rest of the game. But somehow, damn it, that handsome motherfucker just always won the game. And he was always just such a class act. And you can't help but love the guy, even though he throw he would throw an idiot interception every single game. You just you couldn't help but enjoy it. And the fact that the team has been so successful, um, I I've heard so many different things. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't remember who said it exactly, but he is the arsonist and the firefighter. He starts a fire and then he puts it out, um, and just all these things, but he will be fondly remembered. You know, he give, he gave the franchise hope when Jimmy Garoppolo came in. I had hope. Like when he came in and he scored that first touchdown at the end of that game. And then he came in and he won five in a row and we signed him that extension. I had hope for this team And it was the most hope that I had had in years. And when he was healthy, I had hope. And when he went down, it was like tearing my heart out. And again, like regardless of his play, elite teammate, elite person, A-plus competitor, A-plus teammate, class act guy, he will be remembered fondly regardless of how things go because he brought hope back to this organization and he brought us a Super Bowl appearance while he was at the head. Whether or not you decide that he was, you know, the truck or the trailer, the team had success and we had hope. So anyways, we don't know what's going to happen. This Again, tomorrow could be the last game of the season, and that's the last game that Jimmy Garoppolo has wearing the red and gold representing the 49ers. Or we could be going to the Super Bowl, and, you know, a day from now, two days from now, I'm back here Monday, Tuesday, talking about how we're going to our second Super Bowl in three years with Jimmy Garoppolo. So either way, uh, I... Again, I think that the Jimmy Garoppolo era, for what it's worth, it will be looked at fondly. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think at this point, has cemented himself as a top five Niners quarterback. Um, you know, he's he's right up there. Um, obviously, he's he's not Montana. He's not young, um, but he's up there with Cap. Cap was, I would say, Cap was a more elite player, but Jimmy Garoppolo is right there with him in terms of just being. One of one of the best Niners quarterbacks, you know, he's he's officially made the top five and this era will be remembered fondly. And I think that we all will eventually look back on this era and think, damn it, those those were some really fun times, regardless of how frustrating he was in his play. So let's talk about this Rams game. And uh, I got to admit, it was kind of difficult just figuring out like what to say about this Rams game. I mean, what do we say? Like, uh, it's the Rams. We always beat them. We've beat them six times in a row. 
this is a rivalry. You know, you have Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and they worked together years ago and they've been friends forever and they got hired at the same time. And Shanahan seems to always beat McVay. Uh, McVay seems to have more regular season success as a coach with his team in that same tenure. Um, you know, the Niners like to play bully ball and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, what, what could I really say? So this is going to be fairly short and quick. Um, I think that what we saw, what we normally see is I think the same thing we're going to see, you know, we're going to see the Rams and the Rams are the type of team where they want to, they want to be in shootouts and they want to make this team a shootout. And the Niners are, they don't want to get into a shootout. They want to get into a fist fight and they want to play bully ball. They want to get in, you know, heavy personnel, run the ball through your face, run it down your throat. What are you going to do? Try and stop me. You can't stop me because you're built to stop the pass and we like to run and just the matchup. We have a matchup advantage and I as far as keys to the game, it's kind of the same. Again, the same keys to the game that it always is. You know, I want to see 30 plus rushes. Um, we can't have more than one turnover, in my opinion. Uh, Stafford, or we need to capitalize on a turnover. Stafford is going to throw, like he does every game, uh, typically two or three or four balls that you could intercept. Uh, when we played them week 18 in that awesome comeback win, he threw a couple interceptable balls and we picked him off twice. So we got to do that same thing. Uh, good news on the injury front is that Ambry Thomas, who didn't play last week, uh, Ambry Thomas is full go. He was limited early and by the end of the week he was practicing in full so it sounds like that bone bruise in his knee, he is cleared and hundred percent. He should be good to go. So we're getting our, we're getting our starting outside cornerback. Uh, we also didn't have Kiwan Williams in that previous matchup week 18. Kiwan Williams is back and Kiwan Williams has been playing so good. Uh, he had that interception against Dallas. He had another near interception of Aaron Rodgers. uh, that was it, he nearly picked off Aaron Rodgers. So Kiwan Williams has been playing incredibly well. So that'll be a good thing. Um, another turnover thing that we'll want to pay attention to. So the Rams had four lost fumbles and somehow they won the game against the Buccaneers. So uh, that was a, a crazy game, but fumbling at four times and winning is pretty impressive. Uh, but the Buccaneers, they lost nearly all their firepower late in the season. Um, so Cam Akers, maybe he fumbles. I know he's still coming back from his injury. He definitely seems to be a lot better than when he first came back, which again was against us week 18. That was his first game back. Um, but interceptions and forced fumbles, we're going to have to take advantage. And I think that this is, one of those games where it actually looks good for us in terms of us getting turnovers. Again, Stafford threw us two interceptions in week 18. 
Mosley and Ambry. They're both playing. They should be good to go. It seems like they both have figured out how to start catching balls, which is awesome. Um, interceptions. K1 Williams. Maybe it's K1 Williams who gets a pick. Forced fumbles. You know, they fumbled a bunch last week. Fred Warner knows how to force a fumble. Or maybe it is, um, maybe it's a, a Al Shire. So maybe Aziz, maybe he gets an interception. Maybe he forces a fumble. We've seen that from him. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, big play Dre. He's had a couple of career interceptions. He had a pick six earlier this year. Uh, so maybe Dre Greenlaw, maybe he has an interception. Uh, maybe we get a strip sack from Bosa. So there's a lot of different ways that I could see us getting some turnovers in terms of our defense against their offense. Uh, another thing that I want to see from our defense, um, as normal, I I really hope that we're able to stop the run game with our you know front seven, because when we're able to stop the run game with that front seven and basically shut it down, it forces them to become a passing team. And as much as they like to pass and they want to get into a shootout, when you force Stafford to pass, that's when he starts throwing those risky passes. Ideally, they want to have, you know, a balanced game so that Stafford can make uh, those chunk plays on like play action and they can time their shots. If you're forcing them to throw all the time, that's when Stafford starts making those risky throws. So I want to see our defensive line shut down the run. If we can shut down the run, force it into a, force them to be a, you know, a very singular offense, that'll be an advantage that we have. And then when we force, when they're not able to get their run game going, then we can let our defensive line eat. And our defensive line has been incredible. We had, uh, I think it was four or five sacks on Stafford. And then we had four or five sacks on Dak Prescott. And then we had five sacks against Aaron Rodgers. Our defense has been averaging five sacks a game for the last three games. So if we can get another game where we can get four or five sacks on Stafford, get a couple turnovers, 100% we can win this game. Um, so I think that's going to be the primary keys on defense. Um as far as offense goes, again, don't overcomplicate it. We got to run the ball. We got to be physical. We got to out-physical them. Our heavy sets versus their light boxes. Um, and here's another thought that I was having was, I've got this weird hunch that Jimmy is going to have a really good game. And I don't know why, but after watching... After, like, obviously, I got to admit, like, during the games, Jimmy Garoppolo just drives me crazy. But then I go back and I rewatch the games. I watch film breakdowns. You know, you watch all 22 and things like that. And then you realize, like, 70 to 80% of the time, like, 70, per, 70 to 80% of the plays, like, Jimmy is, like, good. Um it's, it's those couple plays that are really, really frustrating. But I I forget the exact saying, but it's something like it's never as bad as you thought it was and it's never as good as you think it was. I definitely feel like that's Jimmy because Jimmy, 
for example, against the Packers um, last week. Like, not a good statistical game by Jimmy. Didn't really look like a good game in general. But he had some really good throws. He had a couple really nice passes early on in that game that were dropped. Um, it's, it's not always one person's fault in terms of why the passing game isn't working. I mean, how different would it have been if Jimmy Garoppolo, when he threw that pass to Kittle last week, Kittle caught it instead of dropping it and took it to the house for a touchdown? You know, you add another, what was that, like 50 to, that would have been like a 60-yard touchdown pass. Imagine if you would have added 60 yards and a touchdown to Jimmy's stat line. So instead of like 130 passing yards, it was 200 passing yards and a touchdown. And then imagine if uh, Jimmy didn't scramble out and throw that idiot interception. If, uh, you know, instead we weren't backed up because of a penalty. You know, maybe we he wouldn't even had to have done that because of the penalty we were backed up. I think it was uh, like third and 11 or something at that point. Instead of doing that, we were at, you know, third and three and we could have ran the ball in you know just two plays right there and you're looking at 200 yards and a touchdown and no interceptions versus 130 yards no touchdowns and interception so i have this weird hunch that jimmy is going to have a really good game Uh, you look at where the rams are best on defense they have a very fast pass rush and they've got outside corners where are they not all that great safeties, linebackers, run defense. That's kind of why the Niners always seem to play really well against them as we run really well and Jimmy likes to pass over the middle and he likes quick and intermediate passes. The Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo is best when he is quick passing, rhythm passing over the middle. And I think that's why Jimmy typically plays well against the Rams. And over the last four games that Jimmy started, it's like he's thrown, I want to say like two touchdowns and like six interceptions over the last four starts. And I just, I really don't think that Jimmy is going to continue to play that badly. I don't know if that makes sense, but like Jimmy's like number one consistent trait is how inconsistent he's been but he's been so consistently bad statistically the last four games that it's just it something tells me that he's going to bounce back and he's going to have a big game. I could be entirely wrong. We could see a game where, you know, just the, the rhythm passing doesn't get working and, you know, there's pressure up the middle and pressure off the edge. And, uh, you know, Trent Williams is technically questionable. I'm 99% sure he's going to play, but you know, I could see a version of this game where, you know, the he starts taking sacks early. He's not all that good. And then he throws one or two dumb interceptions. And then we're down big and we just get blown out. But I also see this version of the game where Jimmy is somehow his clutch Jimmy. And he plays really well. And Kittle has a big game. Debo has a couple big plays. The run game is good. And honestly, I would not be that surprised if Jimmy has like 250 to 300 yards and two touchdowns tomorrow. 
I don't know why, but call it a hunch, but I feel like with how Jimmy's been playing, he is averages have to even out. Like you can't be this bad this long. Like he has to have a good game. It just, it would make zero sense for him to continue to play this badly unless it's literally just like his thumb is fucked. But I don't think his thumb is affecting him that much because if you watch the games again, it's not like he can't throw the ball, the ball. He's throwing the ball like normal. He still has questionable decisions, but the throws don't look any different now versus two months ago when he didn't have an injured thumb. Uh, Jimmy said his shoulder feels good. His thumb is holding up. Um, so, you know, shoulder feels good. Thumb is still in pain, but he can still throw the ball. And again, like Jimmy has still had some really good throws. There was a couple of really good drops last week. So I don't think Jimmy is necessarily playing that much different. I think that he's just been on the short end of luck. Um, so like one thing that not PFF isn't gospel, but one thing that they talk about is a turnover worthy throw. So like whether or not it was intercepted or fumbled, it could have been, you know, like if, if you throw it directly at a defender and the defender drops it, it's not an interception, but it is turnover worthy. You know, they could have picked it off. Um, so like how often are you getting lucky? And I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been playing about the same as he normally does, meaning consistently inconsistent. But, you know, typically he hits his receivers about 70% of the time. That's why Jimmy has had a career, you know, roughly 65 to 70% completion ratio. And Jimmy over his career, two touchdowns to one interception is the ratio. He's had like a two touchdown to six interception ratio. He's had a... He's at a one to three ratio the other way. And that just, I don't see that continuing. I've just, again, I could be entirely wrong, but I feel like Jimmy is due for a good game. And I think especially being in a dome and let's talk about the fans. So when I went to the Rams game, it was mostly 49ers fans. I would say it was probably about 60-40 with the 49ers having the edge at SoFi Stadium in LA. According to all the ticket purchasing websites and all the statistics or data analysis or whatever the heck they decide the seats are going to be, they're thinking that they're projecting that approximately 60 to 65% of the tickets are going to 49ers fans. So again, if you've got, you know, what is essentially a home game, um, you know, like it's going to be a, what I will say is the environment will be a lot easier to play in than green Bay. Green Bay is like, that game was like 95% Packers fans. And 10 degrees with wind and snow. Now you're looking at, you know, 65, 70 degrees with basically a home crowd and no elements. Like this is much more conducive to the passing game. Now, as far as the offense goes, um, 
as much as I want us to do a ground and pound type of football game, I do think that one thing that I think could be that Shanahan might actually start out with, and I kind of like the idea of, is I feel like the Rams, I feel like we're in their head, right? Like they are so just like sick and tired of losing to the 49ers that it's like gotten into their brain and it's driving them nuts and they're going to try and overcompensate in so many ways. So I feel like if they're overcompensating and they're selling out on the run, like instantly, how great would it be to start the game off with some play action passing where you're instead of using the run to set up the pass right off the bat and, you know, just like basically running into a brick wall, your first like 10 plays. What if you start off play action passing get a couple big chunk plays to like Kittle or Ayuk on some crossers or like a leak play and start off with a couple explosive passes, throw the Rams off a little bit and then get into your power football. Um, I kind of like that idea just from a strategy standpoint and also just giving Jimmy just some like nice wide open, like, Hey, we're going to start the game off. We're going to do play action George Kittle's going to be wide open and just hit him and he'll have like a 30, 40 yard completion. You just start the game off, build some confidence, get some momentum going forces the defense for the Rams to like back off a little bit, which opens up the run game. Um, I definitely want to see obviously our typical like run game, but I want to see some play action passing along with our like quick game because that's what this offense is built on. You know, we're not like a, we're not a vertical offense. We're not an air raid offense. We're, uh, we're not like a saints kind of like horizontal spread the ball all over the field offense. This is very much an offense where it's, it's run game. It's play action passing and then quick passing, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, that's where he's best at. He's best at, you do play action, you got a guy wide open, he hits him in stride, the guy takes off. Or quick rhythm passing, where it's, you know, three-step drop, and then, you know, you're, it's it's one read. You know, you got your pre-snap, you see what you think you're going to get, you motion a little bit, you motion back the other way, so that way you know what defense you're in. You got your quick three-step drop. One, two, three, bam, hit the guy because you know that he's going to be wide open on a slant or whatever. You know, you got double slants on one side and then you see where the leverage is for the safety. So that's what I want to see on offense. Um, I think this is probably going to be a high scoring game on the Niners side. Um, Again, and I don't know why. I just, our offense has been so inept over the last three weeks that I just, I can't see it continuing to be that bad. Like it has to get better. Um, this, this offense is just too talented. Shanahan is too experienced. And again, limitations are not Jimmy Garoppolo. It has enough experience and understanding of the offense that I just, I have to believe that the offense is going to go off this week. And I think they will. In terms of defense, um, the adjustments that they made in the second half, the last time that we played, I want to see those happen immediately. 
And what I mean by that is obviously we stopped the run game, but Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, we need to double him, bracket him, put a guy under him with help over the top. Um, don't be blitzing Stafford. We don't need to blitz Stafford. Stafford is actually really, really good when he is being blitzed. Uh, when he's not good is when he's pressured while not being blitzed. So when we're sending just our defensive line and they're winning and we've got all seven guys in coverage, that's when Stafford makes bad decisions. So I want to see either Jimmy Ward manned up on Cooper Cup or I want to see Cooper Cup doubled in some way. Whether if Cooper Cup is on the outside and you've got, you know, a cover two type thing going on where you've got somebody manned up underneath or covering underneath with somebody help over the top, or you've got him like bracketed in some way, or you've got Jimmy Ward manned up. Either way, I do not want Cooper Cup manned up one-on-one -on -one against K1 Williams or Ambry Thomas. Um, I want Cooper Cup doubled bracketed or manned up with Jimmy Ward or Mosley. I do trust Mosley manned up. Uh, but those are the things I want to see on defense. Uh, defensive line, I want to see your best twist and stunts. Uh, Eric Armstead has been playing incredible. He is just bulldozing guards one-on-one. -on -one. Nick Bosa's Nick Bosa. Uh, they're going to be triple teaming him again. You know, they're going to send out three guys uh, to guard Nick Bosa, which is going to clear up the rest of the team. So, you know, if you're going to send three guys to block Bosa, fine. Sounds good. Put three guys on Bosa. We're going to double Cooper cup. And then you've got to take, um, DJ Jones, one-on-one -on -one, Eric Armstead, one-on-one, -on -one, and then either a Bukum or a Menahue or Willis one-on-one -on, -one on the end. And if that's how things are looking, I like that. Uh, I guess the last thing that I can kind of think about as far as uh, things to keep an eye out for this game is the officiating crew. I got to be honest, this game is going to have probably a lot of flags. Um, apparently, this officiating crew is going to be officiating the game. They throw the most flags out of any officiating crew for the NFL. <laughs> So if you wanted a game where there's not a lot of flags, this is not that game, unfortunately. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that the flags are consistent and then just minimizing them. Um, so minimizing the defensive pass interference. Uh, I will say, I think that the team, the coaching, the players have done a really good job fixing that, correcting it, and minimizing it. I don't remember the exact stat, but I think it was something like the first 11 games this season, we had 15 defensive pass interference penalties. And then the last 11 games that we've played, we've only had five. So we've basically, in the second half of our season, uh, cut our defensive pass interference calls down to a third of what they were in the first half of the season. So that's good. Um, but either way, just, you know, be disciplined. Uh, don't do dumb penalties. You know, don't be... Don't be doing dumb face masks. Um, you know, don't be doing obvious pass interference. Uh, things like that. You know, just just be disciplined. Um, we shouldn't have to worry too much about snap counts just because, again, it should be kind of a home field. Uh, so the crowd shouldn't be too loud. I don't think that we're going to need to worry about crowd noise with snap counts and things like that. So, 
yeah, just be disciplined, uh, limit the defensive pass interference calls. There's, they're probably going to happen. Um, and the frustrating thing about the, the penalties is that, uh, unfortunately so many of these NFL penalties are like judgment calls. So some crews just, their judgment is that a lot more flags need to be thrown, which is really dumb because come on refs, like don't make this game about you. Let the guys play. Um, as long as the penalties are fair, um, or at the very least consistent on both sides and consistent throughout the game, you know, I can live with that. If there's freaking 15 penalties this game, but they're fair and consistent, you know, it is what it is. They hit both sides equally. Uh, I guess that's all you can really ask for if they're going to throw that many. So that's kind of all I'm going to say about that. Trying to think if there's anything that I'm missing. Um, in terms of injuries, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Trent Williams are both listed as questionable. Uh, Trent Williams had the ankle injury and Kyle Shanahan didn't answer as far as to whether it was a low ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain. Jimmy Garoppolo let it slip. High ankle sprains really sucks. So it sounds like Trent Williams is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, but it's Trent Williams and this is his first opportunity to, like compete this late in the playoffs in his hall of fame career. So he's going to do everything that he can to play. Um, Jeff Wilson jr. Again, anytime I see questionable, I kind of just assume that they're going to play. Um, Jeff Wilson jr. Hasn't had a, a, uh, a huge part of the offense, but he has kind of been a, like a faster lead blocker that they've put in where they've kind of put him and Debo in at the same time. And they use Jeff Wilson jr. As a lead blocker, just cause he's a little bit faster than, uh, than juice. Um, so that's kind of one thing that Jeff Wilson does. Uh, and another thing that's good news is I just saw that, uh, the team activated Trenton cannon off of the injured reserve. So that's great news because Trenton Cannon is our best kick returner and him off of the IR. That means that maybe we'll have some explosive kick returns because if you remember the game that we played against Green Bay, when we had that like 50 yard uh, kick return at the end of the first half, when we had that score uh, in our first Green Bay game early on, uh, he was the one who did that. So Trenton Cannon, he is... Uh, one of our best special teams players. So getting him back, uh, that'll be a good thing. You know, maybe we'll actually get some explosive kick returns. Uh, or maybe they have Debo doing kick returns again. Who knows? Um, and I guess the other good news is that there weren't really anything else on the injury report. Like Jordan Willis's high ankle sprain somehow is no longer an issue after he was the star of last game with the block blocked punt. And, uh, that move that helped Jimmy Ward block the field goal. Um, yeah, Debo Samuel, he apparently doesn't have any kind of injury, despite the fact that he was like hopping off the field on one leg last game. Uh, George Kittle doesn't have any kind of injury, despite the fact that he was limping off of the field at the end of the last game. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't even listed on the injury report, despite the fact that he has a torn thumb ligament. So, um, yeah, it sounds like everybody's playing and everybody's healthy. So there you go. Crazy stuff. Um, anyways, I think that's about everything. I don't have a specific projection uh, or prediction, but 
What I will say is this, is I think this game is going to come, is going to either happen one of two ways. Um, is that I can see a version of this game where the Niners get down early and they just end up not being able to keep up with the Rams and the Rams finally get their vengeance and they beat us. Um, because, you know, they're able, they're able to take an early lead. We can't get the offense going and they end up having a big win over us. Uh, the other way that I see this game going and what I think is going to happen is that this is going to be a game where it's a close game. It's a one score game back and forth, but the 49ers just physically dominate the Rams. They impose their will and eventually at some point in the fourth quarter, the Rams just mentally give up and then we end up winning. So I think that realistically, my guess is that we are going to beat the Rams in a close game where we end up just physically imposing our will and saying, hey, this is how we're going to play. You're going to play our style of football. And uh, that's what ends up happening is that we end up winning a physical brand of football and we end up going to a Super Bowl with another chance to get our sixth Super Bowl win. So uh, that's pretty much everything. Um, some other just random things. Uh, there's it just came out today a couple hours ago. Tom Brady reporting reportedly is going to retire. Uh, nothing is like official official yet. It's like breaking news. Tom Brady plans, but, um, the timing is a little weird, like Rappaport and Schefter are kind of reporting it, but nothing's like confirmed. Nothing from Brady's camp. Um, it seems to me like Brady's planning to retire, but he wanted to wait until the playoffs were over, but somehow it got leaked. Um, but either way, if Tom Brady, uh, does end up retiring. I'm sure I'll have some kind of podcast this off season where we talk more about just his career. Cause he's had an incredible career. Uh, ben Roethlisberger already retired, but you know, same kind of thing. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, and, uh, in other news, the AFC game is going to be fun. We've got Bengals and chiefs and, uh, the Bengals beat the chiefs week 17. So, you know, less than a month ago, the Bengals won this matchup, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to be going over to uh, one of my, my co-workers' place. I'll be watching the game with him and his family. He's actually from the Cincinnati area, so he'll be rooting for the Bengals. Um, I consistently root against the Chiefs because until we beat them and get revenge for that Super Bowl, I can't root for the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, they're adorable underdogs and I've always kind of liked them as an underdog and it's cool that they're finally doing well. And if they win, then, you know, we can beat them again this year, uh, to get our super bowl, just like we did 30 years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, I'll be going to my, uh, my coworkers place. He's cool. And, uh, I actually, I ended up buying him a couple of things today. Uh, my girlfriend and I went and ran a bunch of errands. We're getting ready to get a puppy. So we went to like the humane society and got a bunch of information and did a bunch of pricing and stuff. But afterwards I was like, babe, we got to go to the mall. I got to get some Bengals swag for, for Ben. 
So I went to this uh, just store in the mall that sells all the, you know, football gear. Uh, awesome store. Cool dude there. He's a, he's a big fan of uh, He's a Seahawks fan, but you know. Um, cool store. They have all kinds of stuff. Uh, better selection than Lids. I went into Lids. They didn't have a single Bengals hat. This store, they had eight Bengals hats. So I ended up getting him a hat. Um, I ended up finding a, uh, a beer koozie, a Bengals beer koozie. And, uh, just like a little, like uh, a little Bengals, like Nerf kind of football thing. So, uh, you know, just kind of bought a couple of gifts. We're going to go over there and spend the day at his place, watch the games. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, it's, it's a little odd, like buying stuff for other people, but at the same time, I think that it's fun to bring people into the football community and just like create more fans and more fandom. Uh, just, you know, more people that you can bring into just enjoying the sport, the better. So, um, you know, he may not have any swag, but Hey, now he does. He'll have a Bengals koozie and a Bengals hat. And, uh, you know, if it was 40 or 50 bucks or whatever to create a fan, um, or, you know, encourage somebody's fandom. Like, I, I think that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, that means that, hey, if he wins, uh, if the Bengals win and the Niners win, then I will have a really fun next two weeks at work just talking shit. So it'll be, you know, it's it's kind of for my own enjoyment, too. Because <laughs> the more football I get to talk with people, the better. So anyways, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, appreciate all you for listening. And uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow me on Twitter, BrianPNW99. And uh, as always, hopefully we're back here with a win, a trip to the Super Bowl on the way. Appreciate all of you. Go Niners.